Finding personal applications in the Bible can be tricky because what the Bible means to you and what the Bible really means may not be the same thing. Today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about how we get the two to line up. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and maybe you've been to a small group or a Bible study and you've heard the question come up. What does this passage, this verse, this book mean to you? And it's an innocent enough question. And there's a reason a discussion leader asks it. Any good Bible study or discussion requires three things. Observation, you've got to read it. Interpretation, you've got to figure out what it means. And third, application. A good Bible study changes your life, sometimes little by little, sometimes in big transformative ways. And so in a discussion about a Bible verse, you read it, you talk about what it means, and then the leader asks, okay, what does it mean to you? In other words, how are you going to apply this verse in your life? Fair enough. But if you sit there long enough, you'll eventually see how this question can sometimes take a discussion off the rails. I'll never forget, uh, it's seared somewhere deep in my memory, this time as an English major in college, where one of my courses was a poetry discussion group. We read poetry and we interpreted it and applied it. That's fine. But one day we were sitting there in the room and uh, we were reading this poem written, I think in the 1820s or so. And each of us in the class was required to make some comments about what we thought it meant, have some deep interpretation of it. So we go around the room and it comes time for this one particular student to speak. And he takes a deep breath because you can just tell he's so satisfied. He's so impressed with what he's about to say. And I'll give you an abbreviated version of it because it seemed to go on for quite a while. But something like this comes out. You know, this poet was clearly heavily influenced by the Civil War. You can see that in the way he talks about division and the pain that division causes. It's because he sees division all around him. This poem, in fact, is a call to end the war. And do you know what everyone in the class did? They nodded their heads in agreement. I'm sure some of them were wondering how they hadn't thought of it before, how they hadn't seen that. Even the professor went along with it, saying something like, well, I've never thought of it that way. That's an interesting observation, an interesting interpretation. And it was an interesting interpretation because there is a big problem with it. The poem was written in the 1820s. Do a two-second Google search and you'll know that's four decades before this poet could have been influenced by the Civil War. And the point is, just because it means something to you doesn't mean that's what it really means. And even though that memory is always going to get under my skin, I think it doesn't hurt much to make that kind of mistake in a poetry class. It's okay. But it can cause real damage when we're studying and discussing the Bible. The Bible is the absolute truth given to us by our creator and our judge. Our interpretation isn't what matters. God's is. So how do we go from what it means to me to reading the Bible as it really is, what it means to God? Well, first, 
it starts with having the right motives. Don't go into Bible reading with an agenda, trying to prove something you already believe and, and cherry picking verses that fit. And don't go into the Bible reading, trying to impress people with your profound interpretations. Open it up, read it, and let it transform you. Open minds and open hearts go a long way. And recognize, and this is important, you aren't probably going to find anything new while you're reading. Maybe that's a temptation only I have, but it always seems like we have to find something new, something no one has ever thought of before. Kind of like that guy in class with his Civil War interpretation of a poem written 40 years earlier. Now, the Bible has been in the hands of more people than any other book in history, more faithful readers than any other book in history. And more than that, most of what's written in the Bible is a description of a faith already understood and passed down and lived out by the apostles. So you probably aren't going to stumble across something that no one has ever thought of before. And if you think you have, you've probably gone too far into the weeds. The Bible is immensely deep, but it's also generally remarkably simple. And that's one of the amazing things about the Spirit's work. You can meditate on a single verse, a single word, word by word, and in every word see something more. But at the same time, the gospel is stunningly simple news. So don't overcomplicate it. Go into it with the right motives. Don't go into it searching for something new, but open your heart to the old wisdom of God. Second, to read the Bible as it really is, wait for application. Don't force it. You know, sometimes uh, when I'm reading Exodus, it's hard to read a single verse and say, this is how I'm going to change my life to grow closer to God today, or this is what it means to me. And that's okay. If that single particular verse doesn't appear to have an application like that for you, don't force it. Meditate on that verse. Don't create an application though that's not there. And finally, third, remember that context is always king. Do not pick a verse out of the blue and try to see how it applies to your life. Root your applications in the point of the text. You know, the context of verses matters. For example, in the New Testament letters, they were written to an audience for a specific purpose, and they apply to us today. They apply to Christians in all ages, but you can't just throw that original context aside. And when you take the time, and this is what is so great about reading the Bible, when you take the time to understand the context, intentionally following the logic of the text rather than working against it, those applications that were originally intended by the Spirit become much easier to find. So read the surrounding paragraphs, read the surrounding chapters, read the whole book before you look to commentaries or cross-references, or even try to find the application on your own. Read the context and then read it again. One preacher I read said, and this is intimidating advice, but it's good advice, that he reads the entire book a dozen times when he prepares his sermons. That's intimidating, but it's good. Because when you stick to the context, it will be harder to prove your point. It will be harder to come up with some new idea or application, but that's not what this book is for. This book was designed by God to reveal his ancient wisdom that would be relevant in every circumstance throughout history. Don't look for something it means to you. Look for what it means to God and then apply it to your life. 
Zoom out a little in order to get a fuller picture. That'll go a long way toward making your applications not only specific and practical and measurable, but also most importantly, textual. And when you do that, you can answer the question, what does it mean and what does it mean to me in the same way? That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent and be baptized and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.